Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. Greg Demopoulos here with this week's interview for The Constant Investor, and today it's with Ursula McCormack, a partner and regulatory specialist at King & Wood Mallisons based in Hong Kong, who recently authored a brief sheet on Ethereum. Ursula, to begin with, how does Ethereum work and what technology does it utilise? Well, Ethereum is, uh, utilises blockchain technology, and uh, blockchain technology is the same technology that underpins Bitcoin and many other, uh, ever, lots of other products and platforms. Um, and basically, all that means is that you have records that are independently verified by others and held on a distributed ledger. And just to rewind a little, Ethereum is a, another digital currency? So Ethereum is the actual platform itself. So it's the it's the blockchain and it's effectively designed to act as a piece of infrastructure. It has its own native token, uh, which means that it has uh, it's a particular digital uh, digital asset uh, that can be used to facilitate transactions on the Ethereum uh, blockchain. So the Ether or F as it's called uh, can be used as the transaction cost uh, for for uh, processing transactions on uh, the Ethereum blockchain, uh, and it can also be used for many other things. So Ether can be used to pay for lots of different um, things. Now, as I understand it, smart contracts run on the Ethereum blockchain. So firstly, what is a smart contract and how do they all work? Yeah, so a smart contract is is somewhat of a misnomer. It's not. There's nothing terribly smart about it, except that it's extremely useful. So a smart contract is effectively something that doesn't require uh, human intervention, and uh, it can allow things to be executed directly uh, without any sort of additional steps. Typically, what we find is that a smart contract is a piece of a broader contract. So it might be a particular part of an agreement that we have that is executed automatically. Now, smart contracts are really powerful when coupled with blockchain um, because you can uh, do a lot of different things uh, without uh, intervention and you can do it uh, particularly using Ethereum. And how do they work in connection with decentralized applications and what is a decentralized application itself? Well, look, so, so decentralized a- applications are used, uh, you know, utilizing the Ethereum uh, network. And rather than having a centralized uh, server, uh, you use the, uh, the Ethereum network to affect them. Um, there's a lot of different projects that are under, develop, uh, under development, um, but the idea is that you're moving from a centralized, uh, you know, application to a decentralized a- application. And you mentioned earlier that Ethereum has its own token, Ether. What does that token offer? So in itself, it can be used on the actual Ethereum uh, blockchain. So you can use it to uh, pay for the transaction as a transaction cost. Um, so if you are if you are uh, you know sending uh, sending ether across for uh, to, to participate in an ICO for example, um, you might uh, you might need to pay a certain amount of um, ether to enable that transaction to be processed uh, by by the um, by the miners. 
So it can be operated as a transaction, uh, the, the transaction fee. Um, but increasingly, um, Ether also has a lot of different, uh, different uses outside of Ethereum itself. So it can be used as the payment uh, currency of sorts for uh, an actual another token, uh, and uh, and it could be used, uh, you know, simply just to to, to hold uh, over time if you believe that it has long term value, uh, or it can be exchanged for certain other things as well. How many organisations utilise the Ethereum blockchain, and why is it so popular amongst uh, the community? Well, you know, Ethereum brought together those, uh, you know, the, the three, three kind of key things that really made the, the, the token or the ICO space really explode. You've got the, the, the blockchain element, uh, the smart contracts that interact with the blockchain, and then the ability to create what's called an ERC-20 uh, token. And the ERC-20 token uh, is, is, a, is, is effectively a, uh, you know, uh, an, an, an ability or it's a smart contract protocol, um, but it allows you to create something that holds certain rights uh, that, can be, that can be used. So in a typical token sale, you might issue a particular token uh, with a, you know, a particular name and it operates as a prepaid voucher to use uh, your platform. So it can be exchanged in future uh, for software uh, rights, access rights, membership rights, uh, discounts, things like that. So bringing those three things together has really meant um, that, uh, that the people can do lots of interesting things uh, you know, in, the, in, the, in the IT space. And in terms of regulation in the area, is Ethereum itself regulated? So at this point, um, in most jurisdictions, it is not. Um, it is not uh, regulated in uh, in the sense of uh, being money or currency, and it is not regulated as being a security. Um, that is changing. Uh, so in certain instances, exchanges that uh, provide access to uh, Ether will have to, or already do have to, comply with certain requirements. They might be licensing, they may be AML, KYC controls. Um, in certain markets, Markets. If you were to offer or issue a new type of Ethereum today or Ether today, um, it is likely that it would be categorized as a security, particularly if you're selling those initial tokens by way of fundraising to build your platform. So the, the regulatory treatment of, uh, of, of Ethereum and F itself uh, is, is, um, uh, is in some ways uh, in flux as regulation is starting to develop and expand. And to finish with, how has the price of Ethereum and its token Ether tracked over the past few years and indeed in recent times? Well, look, when, when it was, uh, you know, at its, at its issuance, you know, now, uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, it, it was, you know, in, in, the, in the sense. Um, it's since then uh, tracked steadily up and then experienced quite a significant uh, spike uh, early last year. Uh, it's then sort of dipped again, but then also s- spiked, um, you know, once more towards the end of last year, and it's sitting at about $880 um, today. Um, it hasn't, uh, it doesn't have the same degree of um, 
you know, uh, speculation as we've seen uh, quite the same as as Bitcoin. Um, And it tends to be a little bit more stable. But at the same time, it is vulnerable to to, to market announcements. So the main dips that we've seen over time have been particularly around announcements relating to mainland China, to South Korea, um, those sorts of announcements that suggest um, a, uh, you know, a strengthening of, um, uh, of controls or in the case of mainland China, an outright ban. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Ursula. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you. That was Ursula McCormack, a partner and regulatory specialist at King & Wood Mallison's based in Hong Kong.